Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Sing this song, sing it one by one. 
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today, I welcome Suzanne Lachman. And Suzanne and I have a great discussion today about breakups. Unfortunately, they are a reality of putting your heart out there and trying to love or loving. And it is better to have loved than to have never loved at all. And Dr. Lachman today tells us the stages of grief that we go through when we are grieving a breakup and how to deal with them, how to understand them and how to work towards hope, which is really where we want to be working towards hope and the knowing that we are worthy of love and that there is something else on its way ready for us or not. Maybe maybe we're going to be single and we can be happy in that space too. And that is important to know and to know that you are not alone. And we talk about that a lot in today's show. I really enjoyed this conversation as someone who has personally dealt with a couple major life transitions in my personal relationships over the last couple years. As you guys know, Sarah and I have divorced in the last year and we have a very amicable relationship. I actually still love Sarah very much and am so appreciative of her as we co-parent Stella. But there's a lot of grieving to do there and other relationships in my past and recent past that I am dealing with. And I, I share that because sometimes it can feel like you're all alone, you know, when you're going through this. And it's important to know that you're not and whatever you're feeling is okay. And it's part of this beautiful human experience. And we're just going to keep going onward and upward. And I hope today's show will help you on that journey. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, Chase. It's nice to be here. Today, we're going to talk about grieving after a breakup. And really, it's just how to deal with a breakup and understanding the process that we're going to go through to help get through it. And you've written some great articles that I found about the different stages of grief. And I thought that would be a great outline for us to follow to talk about breakups, how to grieve them, and how to move forward with hope and positivity. So why don't we start by having you maybe share your general idea around people and in, in processing breakups and the people that you see, and then how understanding these stages can be helpful, and then we'll go over all the stages. Good. Um, let's see. Well, I have always been able to put people's experiences to words. So early on, even when I was young, people would come to me and ask me how, what I thought about their relationships, uh, their experiences, how they should manage um, a breakup, for example, or a connection that they weren't certain about. So early on, I became um, really comfortable with my ability to express, uh, represent people 
in their breakup experiences, in their stories. I also, along with, I'd say, you know, a good portion of the world have had painful breakups. And there are many people out there who will downplay the magnitude of a breakup experience or sort of tell themselves or somebody else, get over it, go get over it. It's not like it's a death. Um, You'll live, you'll survive. But at the time when you really loved someone and you've been through something that you experience as profound with them, the loss can feel like a death. So therefore, for that very reason, if none other, they deserve to be treated, the the breakup experience deserves to be treated with the, the honor and the attention that any other kind of loss would be expressed or experienced as. That is important. And I want to highlight that you said that you've had painful breakups as have most people. And I think that's so important because I think when we're in it, we feel like we're the only ones in the world feeling this way. And and even that our former partner is probably not feeling this way. They're just having a great time. And that can be so lonely and isolating. And so thank you for sharing that. And it's like it shouldn't have to be said, but it does. And that's important to all of our listeners who are experiencing heartbreak to know that you are not alone. And it is unfortunately part of the human experience or fortunately, because it's like the cliche, you can't have sunshine without the rain. And it's part of being a full human. You can't love deeply and not, you know, sometimes have your heart broken. That's right. And it's well, and it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. So true. Let's dive into maybe I want to go over the stages of grief, but Mm-hmm. Maybe as an overview, why are breakups? You, you mentioned it's like a death and it can feel that it way. It can be, yes. Why is that? What's in our psychology that can make them hurt so bad? Well, first and foremost, just as an aside, humans are wired for loss, not for the loss of a child, but rather for the loss of a partner, for the loss of a parent. Etc. That's that's human nature. That's biology. So it's intrinsic to our psyche that we're able to manage to get through that kind of pain, um, regardless of if it's a death or breakup. Um, I think that's a better way of distinguishing just run of the mill breakups from ones that feel like you'll never love again. Uh, the one that got away, those are epic, epic breakups. They tell a really important to you story of, of that time in your life. They are their own chapter or their own 10 chapters. And so when that goes away, for whatever reason, it and that person who you loved and shared so much of yourself with is no longer there. It matters not if they're no longer in the world or they're no longer just in your life. They're, they're no longer there. 
And that's, that's where the two are similar, except a breakup is sort of, it's, it's a, it's like a death, but it's a rejection on top of a death because that person is still walking around somewhere in the world, just not with you. So that, that can be excruciating. And oftentimes, uh, extend the grieving period even longer or throw the grieving period into much more tumult uh, because you may still have interactions with them or run into them in the street with their next partner, etc. So there are parallels and obviously there are differences by no measure would I ever say that anything is as profound as a death, but the mind and the body at the time that a breakup is happening doesn't necessarily distinguish the difference. So let's talk about the stages of grief because I want to get to the hopeful stage at the end because mm-hmm. because yeah. obviously yeah. those listeners and myself included are maybe presently grieving something very recent or from the past and mm-hmm. it's important to know that you're not alone and that there is hope and I want to understand these processes because it might feel if especially if you're in the denial or anger stage it's like man this is just terrible but we're going to get to that hope. So let's talk about the stages of grieving a breakup and mm-hmm. uh, maybe just start with kind of the first feelings that someone might have when that partner is no longer living with them, no longer interacting via text message. It's over. What are we going to be feeling in that first stage? Before we continue on, we want to take a moment to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. 
OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. Well, I had in, I write for psychology today, and I think that's how you found me. I had, um, a, a, I have an article in there on the seven stages of grieving a breakup. Since then, I've extended it to the nine stages of grieving a breakup because I felt that shock and denial, which are the first, often the first, especially when you feel blindsided by the termination of the relationship. Um, shock is often the first experience that you'll have. And it's not even an experience. It's sort of a, it's just not being able to understand that it's over. It's inconceivable that your identity couple was just taken out from under you. 
shock is a primal response to a sophisticated loss. Shock across the board when it occurs is because it's a primal response to a sophisticated loss. You're inundated on all levels. Your senses are overloaded. So after that comes um, denial, uh, which is fairly self-explanatory. This is still the point at which your body, your mind, because they really are working in sync together or out of sync with each other uh, all at the same time. It's the belief, the insistence rather than belief that this is a stage, that it's temporary. It's just absolutely unbelievable that this could be over. It, it Denial can be complicated to put your finger on, though, because it's so scary to face breakup. Um, so scary that if you have to deny it, then you can sort of realize that that's what you're doing. You're having to acknowledge it. Um, the next one I have is is desperate for answers. And if you've ever had a friend or have experienced this yourself, when a breakup happens, there is feels like an insatiable need to know how, why, who, what, so much so that you're anybody. Um, hope you understand the real reasons for breakup. You'll argue with people. <laughs> People you don't know as to, well, um, I'm sorry, but this relationship sounds like it didn't work because um, the two of you were fighting a lot. And this is, could be a coworker or somebody who had nothing to do with the relationship. And then you'll find yourself starting a debate with them. Yeah, but dot, dot, dot. Um, there's some reasons you're coming up with that you begin to argue about with other people in an effort to try to make sense of why this relationship didn't work. Uh, and you're asking other people because your ex either isn't going to retain these answers, B, isn't capable of answering these questions in any kind of a way that's going to be satisfying, or C, there just aren't answers. So um, the these beginning stages are pretty torturous. Um, but thankfully, you get to keep moving on through them. That is because the body is wired for loss. This kind of loss, it is wired for, thankfully. Um, like I said, we're not talking about the death of a child. Uh, so the next thing that happens is uh, what I call external bargaining. And that is, you promise that you'll be a more attentive partner, everything that's been wrong. You promise that you'll make right. If you can just convince your ex that the relationship will be better, you can make the pain go away, your own pain go away. The issue or one of the issues is at this stage, your capacity for reason and judgment are, are pretty impaired. So. The reality that you can actually on your own fix everything that's broken and carry the entire relationship on your shoulders 
just to ensure that you don't lose that person is usually going to backfire. Then, um, and when I say next, I'm, I'm not saying that these stages are going in any kind of a chronological order. They're really not. But I will, we'll talk about that a little bit more after I finish describing them. Uh, so internal bargaining is the one that I have next in my list of stages. And ex- internal bargaining, I call the if-onlys. These are the times when you replay the moments, scenarios, decisions, actions that occurred within the relationship, and you obsess about what you should have done differently. If, if onlys can be repetitive, endless, excruciating loop of familiar scenarios with your imaginary actions resulting in happier outcomes, like if only I had agreed to pick her up from the airport that day, or if only I had thrown that birthday party for him, or if only I had backed off for a while when they asked for space. It's a loop that you can get stuck in. Um, It And what's frustrating is that nobody can tell you that you aren't right, that if only you had done something differently, the relationship would have worked. However, the reality is you're never going to know you're never going to have an answer because it, it isn't what happened. So after the next stage I have listed is relapse. Whatever problems there were at the foundation have not been addressed. Uh, so consequently, it's a relapse because you then have to, because then the breakup happens again. And you're back into a place of having to work on accepting that it's actually over. But I I call relapses also false starts um, because really that's what they are. You don't know that they're false. You hope that they're not. But unless both people are willing to do the work, which often means uh, going into couples counseling together, um, really kind of getting into the nitty gritty of why the two of you are incompatible, then um, chances are it's going to implode in some way. After that is I have uh, initial acceptance as the next stage. And that's the beginning of getting to the point at which you are going to feel more hopeful, which I know you're looking forward to getting to, especially uh, because of of the work that you guys do Um, and the, um, the, the earnestness with which you model healthy, positive approaches to relationships. Um, So I think it, incidentally, is is all the more important that you're willing to address topics like breakup, which aren't so, um, how should I say it? They're not so pleasant, uh, especially for a podcast called I Do, because really what we're talking about here is I don't. 
or I won't. So um, I think you guys deserve a round of applause for wading into painful territory like this because it is a reality of the human condition and it is something that makes you all the more ready when the time comes to be with the next person. So uh, next we have initial acceptance, which is, it happens a lot during the grieving process. It You visit it over and over again. There are waves of pain um, and agonizing rediscovery in, in loss, whether it's a breakup or a death. Um, I'm sure that Chase, uh, you know what to which I refer that when you lose someone or something, it comes in waves. Um, in between those waves, moments of clarity. What happens as you go along, you acclimate to the relationship being over is that the waves get shorter and the moments of clarity get longer. But just circling back to here we are still more or less in the beginning of of grieving, um, of the grieving stage, because even the first several months can feel like it just happened yesterday. It's um, periods of time where you're able to tell yourself that you're going to be okay. but the periods of time when you're telling yourself that you're going to be okay are still rather tenuous in the early stages. It's, it's you trying to reassure you and having a moment of believing yourself, but then the power of the loss overtakes you again. And that's why I call it initial acceptance. It's sort of a little knock on the door of, hello, you're going to be okay. But the waves are still too intense to really be able to absorb that more than just periodically at, at this point. Then the next stage, I'm sure you can hear that I'm actually literally going through my own stages and looking at them. <laughs> because I've changed them so many times and I am uh, have a book on this as well that I've been working on. Um, now, anger is one of the, uh, one of the stages that I've, I've done a lot with and changed my position on because anger, in my opinion, has two forms. It has the I'm still stuck in the pain of this relationship form. And then it also has a second form, which I'll address in a minute, because the second form actually leads into hope. The first type of anger, you may be feeling from the second you recognize that the breakup is real. That anger could be at yourself, at your partner, at someone who texted you or your partner in the middle of a fight, um, a situation that happened, at the breakup itself, at people around you who don't deserve it, to the anger, 
that kind of anger can only get you stuck. Why? Because there is nowhere for it to go. In each situation, you're angry at something that has already happened. The outcome has already occurred. So being angry at it or about it cannot change it. It's how and why some people get steeped in grudges, um, among other things, is when they get angry about something that already happened. The next kind of anger that emerges is, you know what? I'm really fucking sick of feeling this way. It doesn't fucking matter who who did what. I am sick of this feeling. I am sick of blaming people. I'm sick of blaming myself. I'm tired of being angry. It's enough already. I'm angry at being angry. And that's two negatives and two negatives make a positive. So this kind of anger is freeing and it sets the stage for hope. Hope is the, is a life force. It absolutely unequivocally is. What I mean by that is if you, if you think about your own breakup history or times that you've lost loved ones or or friends, no matter how that may have been, oftentimes you'll start out with a really big hope. Like, I hope we get back together. Then it becomes when you don't get back together, well, I hope that I at least get a text on my birthday. And that it's it's so hope is so powerful that lose it all together. It's similar. It's similar to death. So we don't. It can feel like we do, but rather what happens is we we don't lose hope even in the face of horrific loss. We lose access to hopeful feelings. It's like there's a cloud between you and hope. So you'll find other ways to grab onto hope. Hope itself has many forms, but it's always there. Like, like I was just saying, hope is a life force. It is up there with, with breathing, with, with food and shelter and life. Because without it, the incentive to do any of those things for yourself stops being there. So it literally is a life force. The only time that, in my opinion, that you can lose all hope is in the face of absolute certain death. Age does not have access to it at that time. As long as you're alive and breathing, hope remains in your reserves, though, no matter what. So as you begin to accept things like reconciliation is not an option, um, that maybe you actually will survive and will be okay and will be able to maintain some kind of a quality of life, you'll 
find that hope begins infusing into your being in in more ways than seemed accessible before. It goes from that the relationship can be saved, though, to the possibility that you just might be okay without it. So that is the sort of happy ending of the grieving process is when you rediscover hope and recognize that there's still a lot of life to lead and that there are chances for you to find fulfillment elsewhere. But first and foremost, beginning with yourself. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I have so many questions and I want to talk about just this last part of hope and knowing that what lies ahead for us can be wonderful and it can be better than the thing that we lost. I've felt personally in 
in my losses, and I I want to be clear, I'm not talking about Sarah and I. Um, that's a whole separate thing, and and definitely a loss, and it's also its own unique thing because Sarah and I have a great relationship now, and we co-parent Stella, but there was some grieving that's still going on. But this was in relation to a, a another relationship that ended, and. I definitely experienced a lot of these things. And the one thing with with hope and just moving forward is I, I realized that I deserve better. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people are in all different kinds of relationships. Sometimes you want it to end and it's still painful and there's all different scales but how would you talk to someone who who is in a relationship and they knew it was unhealthy and mm-hmm. there were toxic patterns and they tried to make it work and then after a few relapses and it still wasn't working and finally it's a finality and ended but that it still hurts. And to me, and, and I'm speaking of my own personal experience here, I'm not talking about, but I've realized it's a bit of a lack of self-love and self-worth. At least that's the way I've, what I've boiled it down to of like, my head knows that I deserved better. I didn't deserve the toxic patterns that were showing up, that were occurring, but my heart you know, just wanted to be loved and it felt good. And, and I wanted to get back to the honeymoon stage, but it wasn't happening. And so in hindsight, it's like, ah, oh, I was a bit delusional. Then I, I got angry and I'm still, you know, angry at myself for allowing that, my partner for treating me that way. I don't necessarily have a question. It's just, I, I think it, it's valuable to share, but it's interesting how even understanding these things and knowing the process, we still kind of have to go through that, but we don't want to get stuck and and ruminate. And so what do you tell people about just going through these stages and what to do if you do get stuck or if you are harboring anger, like how to forgive so that we can have the anger at being angry and kind of skip ahead to that rather than getting stuck? Chase, by the way, the, that's what you just described yourself, that you were, t- um, that you were tired of feeling that way. Um, so, yes, that does lead into hope. But the way I heard it, you, you were, it sounds like, angry at yourself, frustrated at yourself, angry that you, anger can also create a, a feeling of numbness. Um, I often tell my patients when they're discussing a breakup that we talk about how much easier it is to break up when you're angry than when you're not because anger does bring with it um, some when you're angry enough it feels numb and what you're describing sounds like the numbness is fading you're still aware that there's unresolved feelings, not as much about the relationship as about, it sounds like, how you 
um, how you manage or how you're managing since or as a result of. Am I exactly? Uh huh. So that's you being pissed off. It sounds like the good kind of pissed off because, it, first of all, another thing that I've uh, often been asked is how long? How long will the grieving process take? It takes as long as it takes. There is no timeline. You can be madly in love with somebody else and still be processing a a, a breakup, a loss. It can still impact you. It can impact you for the rest of your life, losing someone that you love for whatever reason. If it's something that you did that you... um, um, feel in some way that you feel that you betrayed your ex or vice versa. Um, there are so many ways that relationships can and breakups play out. And the way the human mind works, there really is not a specific manifestation of each stage in some kind of timely fashion. They all skip over each other, over, under, through. They leap from one end to the other and back again. The ones that really don't do that as much are shock and denial because those are such, um, those are almost pre stages more than they are actual stages um, because you haven't even processed the loss yet or begun to process the reality of it. Just like that second level of anger and hope, which leads into hope, um, are the things that you'll feel at the end when you are on more solid footing. It doesn't mean that it's all going to be over and you're going to be, you're going to feel absolutely 100% fine, but you will know that you're able to love again or that maybe you're not ready to, or maybe you don't want to, but you're going to most importantly feel okay in your own skin and be, and begin to forgive yourself for not, for, for however long it, it's taken to work through the pain of the previous relationship, to sort of accept that it is a reality of loss to wish that it had turned out differently. I think that's important to, yeah, forgiving ourselves and understanding that it's okay to wish that it had turned out differently, but not getting stuck there, continuing to wish, right? Because that's right. I think that's where you can really just get stuck and then you start to ruminate right. and you go over all the things. If I did this, that goes back to bargaining. Exactly. Uh, it, yeah. So you can, if if your hope is not so pure, let's say, and pure, obviously, it's not intended to be in any kind, in any way, a judgmental term. Pure means really as much as is humanly possible for you, accepting the reality that you're going to be okay. That's, that's hope. Anything else is 
probably one of the stages rearing its head. And, and what can someone do? Like, so they, they, they're starting to accept the reality that we're going to be okay, but then they're going back into one of the other stages. They're desperate for answers. They're trying to, you know, say, what if I did this? I feel like, like you said, it's not just concrete one stage to the next. So they're, they're teetering on the acceptance and then they're going back. What's kind of the self-talk? What can someone do in, in those moments? Well, first let's um, just, I want to make one important distinction here and the word acceptance. When I use it in my stages, I use it as a, an initial acceptance, which is these fleeting moments of, uh, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine before the pain washes over you again. I don't think it's fair to put acceptance of a breakup or of any kind of loss on anyone. It's, it's an imposition. And how would we ever know? If we have reached that, there's no way of measuring the point at which you can say you accept something. So just to, I hope that makes sense to just um, put that out there. So but to answer your question, the most important thing that you can do is to try your hardest to be patient with yourself and to reassure yourself that these this is normal. This is human. You're not alone. Um, most of the population of the world, starting from who knows when until however long the world exists in the future, are going to endure breakups and the pain from those breakups. So it's a matter of reassuring yourself that it is okay that you're having these feelings. It is often helpful. That's why these stages, I think, that's why we're talking about the stages in particular. Uh, The feedback that I get about the stages, especially the one that, um, the seven stages of grieving a breakup in my Psych Today archives. Uh, But in general, just since I threw in a couple more along the way, uh, it's, it's, a relief or it's, yeah, it's, it's a relief and it's, it's comforting to be able to identify where you are. And it's almost like if you're in a mall and you see you're lost in a mall and you see one of those signs that says you are here. That's what the stages do for you. Okay. You're here. Oops. You go that way. You're going to be there for a while and you can loop around and maybe end up there for a while. But right now you are here and this is normal. You're going to be wherever you are for as long as it takes, whatever that may be. And so one, be patient with yourself Two, know that you are so not alone. And most people with, in, with far more serious, hardcore, profound relationships than yours have lived to tell about it and gone on to be okay in their lives and even satisfied with their lives or potentially satisfied with a new relationship or satisfied with being on their own. There's so many different variations that could happen, but life is not over. There's so much more of it to live. 
And you're just learning how to do that without that person. Well, Suzanne, that's a great place to wrap up. You've given myself and our listeners some great things to think about and to understand where we're at in these processes, whether we're dealing with it now or in the future or in the the far past. But it is Mm. so important to understand, you guys, that you are not alone. It is not a unique human experience to to feel heartbreak, to feel hopeless, all of these things. And I think that is important for you to know, uh, those of you out there listening. And it's important for me to as well. If you didn't know, I am a human <laughs> and <laughs> feeling these same things, even though I've done close to 400 episodes on relationships and just trying to get the advice Um, I don't think we've done many on breakups and uh, it's important and it's unfortunate part, but it's a real part of, of going through life and relationships. So thank you so much, Suzanne, for sharing. Oh, you're so welcome. Do remember, Chase, Jeff, that um, there's no such thing as hopeless. It's losing access to hopeful feelings. They're there, but they're just hidden behind obstructed by something but you but they you'll find rays of it and it will find rays of you doesn't disappear beautiful that's important to to know so thank you suzanne can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye uh yeah let's see i have a blog at psychology today uh, dot com called me before we uh website dr suzanne l dot com I'm on Twitter, uh, Dr. Suzanne L. I've got a professional Facebook page with my name, Suzanne Lachman. It's Dr. Suzanne Lachman on there. And there's some interaction uh, that goes on there. And uh, hopefully I'll have my book out soon on breakup. Excellent. Well, our listeners can find all the links in our show notes and on our website, idopodcast.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you for having me. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide 
how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.